right, news roundup information overload hour, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, we got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, one of the things that we've discovered is that a lot of refugees, there was a story out of Wisconsin, one of the, one of the uh, army posts there, where unvetted Afghanis are literally, they have free reign, the total freedom to go anywhere that they want to go. Now, we did make a commitment to if the day ever came that people's lives would be in jeopardy, that we would get our Afghan allies 20 years now out of Afghanistan. We didn't say necessarily we'd bring them all here, but we we promised to get them out and we left them behind. And now the reports are daily. They're dying. It's pretty unbelievable. It's it's actually beyond shocking. I've never seen one of the worst foreign policy unmitigated disasters. You know, Blinken admitting again today, yeah, we left people behind enemy lines. We abandoned Americans. When did you ever think that would happen? Anyway, this idiot, Blinken, grilled now two days in a row, is grilled by Scott Perry over this uh, disastrous withdrawal. Let's listen in. Mr. Blinken, assuming it's not classified, can you tell us where you are today? Uh, Yes, I'm uh, at the State Department. Oh, couldn't couldn't be bothered to come down here and see Congress. All right, that's great. How many Afghan citizens came to the United States that had not met the qualifications for special immigrant visa? We're in the process. Of no, no, no. How going many? How many? The, how many did you bring? You were just at Dulles. How many did you bring? We have. We will have by the end of the month. We will have brought a total of approximately 60,000 that have not uh, met the SIV process. Some of those will be some of those will have been through the SIV process. Are Afghan refugees required to be vaccinated for COVID before coming to the United States of America? Uh, They are vaccinated in the United States uh, before they are before they are resettled. Um, You just you just can't make this up. They don't know. We don't even they can't even give us an answer. How many Americans are still behind enemy lines? held hostage although now he's finally admitting yeah we have no control over it i'm like well what happened we have all the leverage ron johnson was grilling down on blinken and 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 blinken testifies that 80 billion dollars of our equipment is in the hands of the taliban i thought the great fact checkers out there said oh no it's nowhere near that amount of money well apparently it is approximately what is the dollar value of the equipment that's been left behind that now the Taliban controls. What's the dollar value of that? Uh, Senator, I believe the uh, equipment provided uh, over the last uh, 20, well, a little less than 20 years, 15 years, was about uh, $80 billion. Uh, of that equipment that re- that remains, as you know, it was given uh, some I, I, I over to the Afghan security forces. And, of course, uh, some of that is now in the hands of the Taliban. So, so, so I was- no, most of it is in the hands of the Taliban. Because when you had an opportunity in March and April and May and June and July, when the Taliban was basically dropping the the great, well-trained Afghan army in every city and province and, and geographical area all throughout Afghanistan, they didn't lift a finger. It's unbelievable when we could have extracted, withdrawn every American safely, every ally safely all of our military equipment safely, or at least handed it off to the resistance in the north. Um, Now it's being used to kill everybody. And then, by the way, Blinken says, well, I don't know if we droned an aid worker or ISIS-K terrorists. You had the Washington Post and the New York Times reporting. Remember that that big Taliban, that that big drone strike, supposedly taking out a high-ranking ISIS-K figure that was back on the way to the airport to commit another act of terror? Yeah, it turns out it was an aid worker, according to the New York Times and Washington Post. 
uh, somebody there that was helping with nutrition for Afghanis. Oh, and seven children also killed by Biden's drone strike. Listen. The guy the Biden administration droned, was he an aid worker or an ISIS-K operative? Uh, the administration is, of course, reviewing that, uh, that strike. Uh, and I'm sure that a you know full assessment will be will be for so you. You don't know if it was an aid worker or an ISIS K operative. Uh, I can't speak to that, and I can't speak to that in this setting in any event. So you don't know or won't tell us. Uh, I don't. I don't know because we're, we're reviewing it. Well, see, you'd think you'd kind of know before you off somebody with a predator drone whether he's an aid worker or he's an ISIS K. Uh, you think you would know ahead of time? Are you killing children and an aid worker? Or are you killing an ISIS K guy? Yeah, we kind of got an indication when they wouldn't identify who it was that they said they took out, that they knew who they took out. And imagine if Donald Trump did it. And then you got Blinken saying, you know, thousands of U.S. legal permanent residents are in Afghanistan. In other words, this is what Daryl Ice has been saying. Not only do we have 500 people at his office identified behind enemy lines, when you add their family members, oh, yeah, the number's much higher. How many of them approximately, so we don't know the exact number, but, but how many legal permanent residents are, are we uh, convinced are still in Afghanistan? We don't, we don't have an exact number, but it's, in the, I, but it's around in number. In the thousands. Pardon? In the thousands. In the thousands. In the thousands. Anyway, joining us now to discuss, we have former senator and now gubernatorial candidate for the state of Pennsylvania, Lou Barletta. Um, and also with us is Dr. I'm sorry, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. Uh, let's talk to you. Uh, you're running for the great state of uh, Pennsylvania to be governor. Lou, uh, you're watching this unfold from a foreign policy perspective. I can't think of a more unmitigated disaster than this, especially knowing the time we had full control to get everybody out safely and expeditiously. It was a catastrophe. Uh, I mean, watching the way America left Americans behind, uh, as well as the billions of equipment and pulling the military out. But, Sean, I'm, I'm really concerned. I, I sat on the Homeland Security Committee on the Counterterrorism and Intelligence Subcommittee, and it's something that I'm really worried about moving forward uh, is, is the screening process of what's happening right now. You know, the 9-11 Commission report, and I'm sure you're, you're, you're very knowledgeable on that, has been ignored by Congress. Uh, and all the recommendations they made of what we should do to make sure that we don't have another 9-11 again, Congress ignored. I do not have faith that the screening process, that, that the chaos that, that followed Biden's failed strategy has severely damaged our ability to properly screen anyone looking to enter the United States under the refugee status. It's difficult under normal conditions to do that, but to to make sure people are who they claim to be, uh, and we know terrorists will use this program to try to get here in the United States and right here in Pennsylvania. You know, some of them are landing. Unfortunately, I know the 9-11 Commission report well. Um, I didn't agree with all of its findings, but the one thing that stood out then and stands out loud and clear to me today, because the circumstances are the same, this is now a safe haven for terrorists. Uh, for That'll be for the emerging new al-Qaeda. That's for ISIS and ISIS-K and every other. Uh, the Haqqani network we know is now in charge of the government, so we know the terrorists are running the show. Uh, Congressman Andy Biggs, I can't think of a bigger uh, disaster than this, and nobody seems to be held accountable. And my big question is why? This was preventable. Why, when the Taliban was on the march all throughout the month of March, and April, and May, and June, and July, 
And why why in July was Joe Biden telling us one of the best trained militaries on the planet when they had already taken over 60 percent of the country, meaning the Taliban and that great trained uh, military was folding like a, a cheap camera? Well, uh, you know, lose lose rights, Sean. And and we have to hold these pe- people accountable. I mean, that's what we're trying to do. Um, we have been trying and trying to get information from Secretary Mayorkas about the screening. We've been trying to get Millie in. You've seen the Blinken testimony. Um, he's, he's claiming he doesn't know uh, enough data and information, and that's what this, this administration is doing. They're stonewalling. They're trying to distract and disrupt, and they're getting aided and abetted by the Democrat members in Congress. Now, there are some Democrats... Who are, who are standing up and finally, you know, some Menendez says that, you know, he's, we're, we're going to have to subpoena in Secretary Austin. We've got to get them in, let the public see, and let's get the answers. But I mean, really, the, the step one is, is I think, and I think Lou's right, is we've got to find out what the screening process is. And, and we've been, we've been pushing on the administration and they just, it's crickets. They don't want to answer it. And it's very dangerous uh, uh, going forward if they don't do some ac- ac- accurate and adequate vetting. And um, I'm really concerned about that. It's it's beyond chilling and beyond frightening to me in every way imaginable. Um, it, it's just like, Andy, what's happening at the border. I mean, you know, we, we now have people coming into the country. We're not vetting people at the border. We're processing them. Uh, we're putting them in Biden's overcrowded cages in the middle of a pandemic. There's no testing for coronavirus, uh, a high rate of COVID positivity. Uh, then we're dispersing people without vaccinations all throughout the rest of the country. But yet Americans now are facing a vaccine mandate or they're going to be shut out of, of every aspect of society. It looks like, according to Fauci, even flying, of, of, which is probably coming soon, but people are going to be losing their jobs, shut out of restaurants, shut out of uh, stadiums, shut out of concerts, shut out of pretty much everyday life. Is that, does the federal government have that authority? Uh, they, they don't have that authority. And, and so lawsuits are, are being filed right now. I know the Arizona Attorney General has filed a lawsuit. There are ad- additional lawsuits. I'm working with special interest law firms to get some lawsuits filed. We are trying to push back in that way. And look, I mean, just last night, the Democrats, we, we said, well, if you're going to give amnesty, at least you, you need to make sure these people are vaccine, vaccinated coming across. No, no go. We, we can't stop them if they're criminals. We can't stop them if they've got COVID. We're going to let everybody in. And right now, Sean, with uh, the gotaways, known and unknown, and, and the people coming across that are surrendering, and then we're dispersing throughout the country about 300,000 a month. And they're filled with COVID. A uh, substantial uh, number have COVID, but more that moreover, you, they're not stopping them for, for necessarily some of the criminally violent folks that are coming through. We know they're coming through, and we can't adequately vet them at the border, just like we can't adequately vet people coming in from Afghanistan. All right, quick break. We'll come back with uh, gubernatorial candidate from Pennsylvania, Lou Barletta, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. All right, we continue with uh, Lou Barletta. He's now a gubernatorial candidate from Pennsylvania, Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona. So we're not vetting people at the border. Now, I, I would say we need to vet in the middle of a pandemic people. For, uh, we ought to have basic, simple health checks. That would be number one, uh, uh, Mr. Barletta. Number two would be, okay, we need to check your, whether you have radical associations. Number three, 
Uh, you need to be able to prove that if we're going to bring you into our country, welcome uh, after you've passed the other vetting. But you've got to show a means to be able to take care of yourself and you're not going to be a financial burden on the American people. As it relates to people in Afghanistan in particular, considering there's a, a high number or percentage of people there that adhere to radical viewpoints, we need to make sure you truly are an ally of the United States, that you don't have radical associations. And not only a COVID health check, but apparently there's a measles outbreak because it has one of the highest incidents of measles in Afghanistan, something I didn't know until all of these unvetted Afghans uh, were flying into the U.S. Yeah, I mean, think of this, Sean. You know, they, they, they shut down businesses, took away their, their livelihoods uh, so that they wouldn't spread uh, the virus. And now we have people flying into the, into the country who... Who you know? Who knows where they are? And and I I could tell you I, I have very little faith that proper screening is is being done because as I said it's it's difficult to do it in the best of circumstances. You know how what are they going to do? Check people's references? I mean how, how are they going to know? You know somebody is who who they say they are. And and you're right about looking at the border. I mean hundreds of thousands of people have been allowed to cross the border and enter the country. And and the president President Biden has shown no concern for for the national security risks that are associated with admitting vast numbers of unscreened people at the border. So why should we trust them now when we're watching what's happening in Afghanistan and how we handled it? Well, I don't think you can handle it any worse. Uh, is there anything we can do now to track down all the illegal immigrants, a couple of hundred thousand almost on average every month, Andy Biggs, and, and these Afghan uh, refugees that we didn't vet? Is there anything we can do in retrospect? They're here and apparently free to travel anywhere they want. I would assume tracking them all down would be mission impossible. It's it's really difficult. Don't don't forget that the that the Biden administration has effectively lost contact with a third of the unaccompanied minors that they have placed throughout the country. So so um, even when you got children involved, they're not really tracking them. And they're not successfully tracking them. And you got Secretary Mayorkas telling the ICE, uh, Immigration Customs and Enforcement, you're going to st- have to stand down somewhat on the enforcement because we want to be humanitarian, treat people with dignity. So, so this administration just doesn't even get the very notion of national security and tracking people that they're letting in and dispersing throughout the country. You know who knows where these people are? The, the cartels, the Mexican uh, cartels, the criminal tra- uh, uh, transnational criminal organizations, they know where these people go because they're keeping them in indentured servitude. But we don't know and uh, because our government is so inept. Congressman Andy Biggs, thank you. Uh, gubernatorial candidate from Pennsylvania, Lou Barletta, thank you. 800-941-SHAWN is on number. Quick break, right back. Your call's on the other side, straight ahead. All right, 25 till the top of the hour. Um, We have the whole song, and we've now updated it with our own version, Blood on My Hands. Now, this is a powerful video, and we've added some some of our own version of sound to it to really bring the point home. I never thought my whole life we'd be in this situation. Let me just play a minute or or two of this, and then we have on Hannity.com. We have it all uploaded. And you could, you know, take down the, you can download it and then send it out all over social media because every, everybody knows that if this was a anti-Trump song or Donald Trump were president and Donald Trump botched this exit in Afghanistan the way Biden did, I mean, they would, they would impeach him a thousand more times. Listen. Is a Taliban takeover of Afghanistan now inevitable? No. 
It is not. Got blood on my hands. I just found out that the last flight is gone. Got blood on my hands. America will have signed our death sentence. And I don't understand. This is not comforting at all because we don't know if we're going to make it out. What's happening? Extraordinary success of this mission. There's blood on these hands. 13 Americans killed, 95 Afghans killed. And still Americans. Nobody predicted, you know, the government would fall in 11 days. Left her the Taliban. Am I safe? Now the question is my life. Am I safe? Are these people are safe? Winking, blinking, can't you look me in the eyes? Willy-milly, tell me, when did you decide this will defend your sacred motto? American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Blood on my hands, John Andrasic. It's on Hannity.com. Please download it and send it to your friends. It is powerful. All right, 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. We, we have, we are really looking into this report. Bob Woodward's new book claiming that General Mark Milley, Joint Chiefs, intended to tip off China to a U.S. nuclear attack and take steps to prevent Donald Trump, who is the commander-in-chief, from, uh, if needed, launching nuclear weapons. This is going to get very, very interesting uh, and uh, very dangerous, very dangerous for the country. You want to be the commander-in-chief? you got to run for president. Uh, all right, let's we'll have more on that tonight on Hannity. Let's go to our phones. David is in North Carolina. David, how are you, sir? Glad you called. Hey, hey, man, how you doing? I'm good, sir. Thanks for calling. Yes, sir. Hey, so I wanted to talk about this crazy Biden, man. What's, how in the world can he mandate this vaccine for everybody but himself and his White House? <laughs> it, you, mean, uh, you, it, you mean, I mean, you mean it's, go ahead. It is so. So, are the celebrities and the politicians of this country immune to this virus? Congress is exempt from Biden's COVID vaccine mandate. Yeah, so are illegal immigrants. They've been exempt. So have Afghan refugees that are unvetted. They've been exempt. Yeah, I, you're pointing out ridiculous, insane hypocrisy, sir. I mean, even the Postal Service, there is, you know, I mean, I'm a, I'm a working class guy, 39 years old. I work hard for my family and stuff like that. We are the, me and the people I work with and other citizens are the people that's keeping this country going. And he is literally flatlining us. Uh, you, I, I don't even, this is what Congress does. This is what they did with Obamacare. You know, it's yeah, they, exactly. they treat themselves exactly. well. Now, I know the Postal Service was exempt as well, but there was some pushback. I don't know what the final verdict on that became. Um, but it's unbelievable to me 
that they'll put this on the rest of us, but not illegal immigrants, not Afghan refugees, not not Congress, not their staff, but just on you, we, the people. Right. You need a reason well, to vote November of 2022? There you go. There's the, the latest reason, my friend. We, Thanks, I David. Think we the people, I think we the people is about to stand up. Oh, I think so, big time. Now, they, by the way, U.S. Postal Service workers will have to get the vaccine or be tested weekly. So they did change it, that part of it. But they haven't changed it for Congress and their staffs. Why would they exempt themselves? By the way, what were they planning on doing? You know, arresting Rand Paul, who's a medical doctor, who had COVID, has natural immunity? Anyway, let's say out of Joe in New Hampshire. Hey, Joe, how are you? Glad you called. Hi, Sean. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm a pharmacist for 28 years. Okay, and uh, I didn't know, I I never hear anything about this PCR test uh, that is even listed on the CDC, FDA, and WHO sites that it doesn't work properly. It gives too many false positives. So my question is, gives a false positive for COVID, how does it test for a variant when it doesn't even work? You get my point? Yeah, well, look, I've had a different experience and, you know, more than I care to tell you, I've been up to my eyeballs on COVID for a long time now and helping yeah. as many people as I can and helping people get in touch with doctors and, and I believe me, get getting testing. Uh, I've not there, there are there are and have been many examples. You're right. Of false positives. And but they've kind of gotten the test down as of late that I have seen. They got it down pretty, pretty well. Uh, my friend that got a breakthrough case, he was fully vaccinated. Uh, he he actually found out through an Abbott home test that he got at his local drugstore, and then it was confirmed when he went to the doc in the box, and he had symptoms. So it was obvious for him that he had had it. Right. But the thing is, that they, how do you differentiate? I mean, it's a variant when you don't have a specific test to one. So the numbers can be faked. That's what I'm kind of saying. Yeah, well, you know, testing for the variants is more complicated. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, no doubt about it. I had one more, yeah, one more thing to say about vaccines because I was a vaccine certified guy. Um, I've never seen one come out in a year ever, uh, and I just wanted to say that you know most drugs, you know, they have a, a package insert a mile long, side effects, you know, what it can do to you if you're pregnant, should you take it, should you, you shouldn't take it, and this thing has nothing, zero. Yeah, just is that true? I didn't, I have never checked that. That's that would be interesting to do. You're right. If you read the the risk factors for taking Tylenol or Excedrin for crying out loud. Um, the list is a mile long. And you're saying that there's, there's nothing for this? No, no, no warnings whatsoever? No contraindications. So what is happening is, and there was also no double-blinded no double blinded placebo studies done on this so-called approved one, which you find out it's really not approved. It's approved for the future. They're still using the experimental one. But I know this for a fact. So... Well, they did give full FDA approval, so take that for what it's worth. But, you know, listen, I, I am really, I'm very concerned that some people don't take it seriously. I'm, I've, I'm just saying to my audience, and I love everyone in this audience, I know people have pressured me tremendously to tell people what to do, and I'm not going to do it because right. I'm not a medical doctor. And I appreciate your well, insight, Joe. Thank you. But I will tell you this, is that I've seen the worst of it. Take it seriously. There's a lot of research out there. My audience is a smart audience. We've done exhaustive studies on who listens to this program, who watches Hannity, the TV show. And to the amount of information available at your fingertips, if you have a telephone, is unlimited. 
and spend time, you know, your health matters, research. Then you you have to look at your unique medical history, your current condition, talk to your doctor, doctors, talk to the medical experts in your life. Don't ignore it. Don't ignore it. Now, what do you do if you have a breakthrough case? Again, talk to your doctor. The the what the one underreported and and hardly talked about therapeutic that I've been most impressed with, but I'm not telling you what to do, is Regeneron. Is is the monoclonal antibodies. That's I would urge you to ask your doctor if you have a breakthrough case or if you didn't get vaccinated and have a case. Um, Debbie, Virginia. Hey, Debbie, how are you? Glad you called. Good. How are you doing? I'm good. What's going Thanks on? For taking my call. Uh, well, I wanted to actually talk a little bit. I could probably be here for a long time, but I'm going to try to keep it concise is the VAX mandate and what it's doing personally. But I'm a mental health provider on a very large military base. And let me tell you, this is just complete chaos. Oh, there I believe it. has not been, they brought it down with, okay, this is mandatory, but they did not put a system in place. So nobody knows what's happening to them. They're given, I had, for example, I had a military service member call me last week. He had 24 hours to make the decision whether or not to take the shot. And he was 19 years old with a history of heart problems. You know, his mom's crying, no, don't, this could potentially kill you. And he has 24 now, hours to make this decision. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. Are you seeing examples where guys are willing to leave the profession? We're seeing a lot of that, and they're trying to prepare. And we're talking guys who are all the way at the top, you know, 17, 18 years in, who are walking. So they would Our give up their pension, up which they're right two now. or three years away from receiving. They'd give up their li the benefits they've worked their adult life for because they feel yeah. so strongly about it, or maybe their own doctor recommends they, they have a rare condition or something. Is that what you're saying? We have both. And see, I'm in the wow. same position. I am anticipating I will not have a job next month because I have chronic illness for over 20 years. My doctor has very strongly said the shot could potentially be fatal for me, that I cannot do it. And because, you know, the, the federal mandate has come down, they're saying that the mandate is not going to allow for exemption. Um, so, and, and that's again where the chaos is. There's no rhyme or reason as to how they're putting forth this mandate. So we're hearing a lot about the mandate, but nobody's talking about even how, what is the process? I have all these service members coming to talk to me going, I don't know what's going to happen to me. Um, and everybody's doing it different. Some are saying, okay, you'll get a general discharge. Some are being told that you're going to get a dishonorable because you were given an order and you're refusing to follow it. There is nothing across the board that is consistent here. Even for myself, we've been told, okay, you have till this date to provide your vaccine information, and then there's nothing else. It's like, okay, but is there? Is there let me ask you this: Is there any process if you, if you happen to have a rare medical condition, or if you're trying to follow the science and you have natural immunity? Is there any exemption process at all, or is it completely one size fits all medicine? Pretty much. Like, I have another uh, service member I saw just the other day, and he just got over COVID. And my understanding is you're supposed to wait a few months. He was you supposed are. to be 30 days. And oh, yeah, I think you're supposed to wait three months time. minimum, I believe. Yes. Yep. Nope. They're telling them 30 days. And they're, they can well, only well, go There you go. Follow the, si follow the science, Debbie. They're not following the science, are they? No. And this is just complete chaos. So everybody's so upset. And then I, my, my, my theory is... 
okay, this is our military. One, we're going to lose some of our really good people. Two, everybody's so stressed out. It's chaotic. It's panic, you know. And if something really genuinely happens, I just don't feel like they're in a good state of mind to do their job. It's so typical of bureaucracies to to, to run things, you know, so rigidly without, you know, the lecture on science, but the meaningless words from them rather than take each case into account specifically based on what history, medical history is and current condition is and so on and so forth. And I'll tell you, the people I feel also sorry for are, are people that work in the medical profession that dove on, a, on COVID bombs every day to save people's lives, and many of them ended up with, with COVID, and yet they they feel that natural immunity is enough for them based, again, on the science and I quoted earlier in the program uh, today uh, the guy that actually created the mRNA vaccine. The guy's name is Dr. Robert Malone. The Epic Times has an interview with him, and he quoted an Israel medical study, and he also uh, said that his own experience had shown. He says it's now been shown in a paper in the breadth of immune response in terms of T and B cell memory populations is more diverse and more longer lasting uh, with natural immunity than those from the spike-based vaccines. This, this guy, by the way, he invented the mRNA vaccine technology. He invented it, meaning the, the very technology for the Pfizer Moderna vaccines. He's not a dope. Again, talk to your own doctor. I'm not one. I'm not, I'm not playing one on radio. Everyone wants me to do it. I, I refuse. All right, that's going to wrap things up for tonight. All right, Blinken got a beatdown today by Senator Cruz and Senator Marco Rubio. We'll update you on recall day out in California with Leo 2.0, Terrell and Larry Elder. The great one, Mark Levin, tonight weighs in on Millie and much more. Laura Trump and Joe Concha on the media mob being complicit with Joe Biden. News you won't get from the mob. Please set your DVR. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on Fox.